Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Floor and Decor. Largest selection of hard surface flooring and lowest prices guaranteed. Sherry, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hey, um, this is Sherry. Um, I have a question about foundation repair. The inside of my house is lagging, and I prefer or I would like to do the um, foam insulation instead of them drilling everything out of my concrete and making that big old huge dusty mess. And I was wondering if that is as effective as the traditional pier and, you know, the beam things in there, concrete. Not even close. Okay. Uh, And and here's here's the deal. And and you uh, understand I own a foundation repair company. Uh, been in business since 1978, and I do own a urethane truck, and I've actually mm-hmm. ordered a second rig uh, two weeks ago that I'm having built. So I do a lot of foam injection and stuff. I will not do the inside of a home with foam. Okay. Okay. And the, and the reason I won't, what causes foundation problems is the active soil. It dries out, it shrinks, it gets wet, it expands again but not as much as it was the time before. And Mm -hmm. when you foam to pick it up, typically there's already a void under the foundation. So you fill the void first, then you pick the foundation up. It's still on the moving soil. So it's still going up and down. But the problem is we've been through a drought. We're starting to get rain now. The soils are swelling. It will actually pick the middle of your house higher than you want it. And your sheetrock can't handle that. It's great Uh for, I do roads, I do sidewalks, I do patios, driveways. I do warehouses with it, but not Uh inside. Not inside. Okay. Uh, What I would recommend, Sherry, uh, you know, and you're you're going down the right road. It's it's really not a matter of just the dust that's in the house from Jackhammer. Uh You've got a foundation that's got a problem, and now you're going to fix it by knocking a bunch of holes in it. Right. Tunnel it. Tunnel it. Okay. It sounds like it's a whole lot more expensive, but Uh truly, if you jackhammer the holes, by the time you fix the flooring, repaint, clean all the dust out, I mean, there's a lot of work that goes in after (laughs) the foundation work is done when you jackhammer through the floors. Yes, there is. It almost always balances out. And and cost-wise... And, and I'm going to tell you, we started the tunneling process way back in the 80s. We developed mm-hmm. it, and a lot of companies do it. But most companies still won't tunnel because it's very labor-intense. But I was walking through a festival down in Pasadena, Texas. They've got what's called the Strawberry Festival. In fact, it's coming up uh, in May. And mm-hmm. I was walking through there. I had my Due West shirt on uh, for my company. And I, I've come around a corner, and there's a lady working one of the booths and she says oh do west you did my foundation 15 oh. years ago oh i wish i'd have tunneled i mean she oh. said it just like that <laughs> because it, it really is is a, a, a major ordeal when you go through the slab and let me it ask you a awful. quick question how, how old is your home um it was built in 1990 okay so you've already got pvc plumbing under it for a lot of houses yes. that were built 
in the early 70s and earlier, they've got cast iron. And oh, a lot yeah. of time, that pipe can be taken care of at the same time as the foundation when you tunnel. Oh, your yeah. House, your house, that shouldn't be a problem. But uh, how far out of level are, are people telling you the middle is? How far down is it? Um, I really I can't tell you the number they tell me. I forgot. But, I mean, I can, like, it's like a workout almost to walk, like, <laughs> from my fireplace up to my kitchen area, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very noticeable. Do you, have, do you have piers on the perimeter then? Um, I've had foundation work done on part of my house. Gotcha. And then my other part of my house has settled, so I had to have that done. And then the inside, right by my yeah. fireplace, is just a so big You, got, you must have some lovely trees around your house. I have a couple, but not as much, not a ton, just a couple. Yeah, but that's all it takes. Oh, yes. Um, let me ask you also, I've been told like to put like something that keeps those roots away from the house, like some kind of steel um, plate to keep the roots away from the house. Is that really effective? Yes. I, I recommend root shields all the time. Uh, I use a high-density plastic, uh, and I go mm-hmm. three feet deep when I put them in uh, because your roots are typically in the top 18 inches. And mm-hmm. so three feet keeps the roots from just going under it and keep going. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, that answers my question about And And I'll be foam. honest with you, that, that was the reason I was asking how far out of level you are. Because, you know, if you're only, you know, a, a, an inch out, let's say. Now, it sounds uh-huh. like you're a lot more than that. But if, if it's only like an inch out, you put the root barriers, you give it time, that soil takes on moisture again. A lot of times that'll come up. And you don't have to put piers. Oh. And okay. in your situation, you could do root barriers to keep the problem from getting worse. Uh, you may get a little bit of rebound, but it probably won't take all of it out. Okay. Well, that is exactly what I needed to know. I sure appreciate it. You bet. Chris in Garland is asking about removing paint from exterior brick. Once a house with exterior brick walls has been painted... Can the paint be stripped to return the house to the original brick finish? And how much would the paint removal cost on average? Okay. Well, Chris, the answer is yes and no. Yes, majority of it can be removed. Uh, There's a couple ways of doing it. One is chemical strip, which makes a heck of a mess and is hardly never done. Uh, the other, they actually almost, well, it is, they sandblast the house, but instead of using sand, they're using like walnut shells or something like that, pecan shells, walnut shells, uh, but it still uh, takes off the surface of the brick a lot of times. So when it's finished, you've got to put a sealer on there in order to keep moisture from as going through the brick as easily. Now, You hear me talk about moisture through brick all the time. And yes, moisture is going to go through the brick. But if you have it sandblasted to take all the paint off, one, it's not going to get all the paint. It'll get almost all of it, but you're never going to get it 100%. But two, the brick is not as 
strong as it once was strength-wise it is but the surface just isn't there it, it can tend to blister a little bit and and things like that now does that mean i wouldn't do it no uh, if if you want to go back to the brick go go ahead the big reason people do that though is they wrong, use the wrong paint to begin with on the on the brick and so it blisters and peels and they just don't like it and they want to take it back off so if you're going to paint a house make sure you get the right stuff uh you'll you'll hear me talk about spray net that really is the right way to go to uh, paint a house and and make it look right but uh, again if you're going to remove it yes it can be done just be prepared you got to put a sealer on the brick and you'll probably want to reapply that every i don't know probably 10 years uh it, it as far as cost don't have a clue uh because the cost it uh it's all based on labor and stuff, and it changes. Going to head to Plano, Bob. Welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hey, how are you doing? Thanks for taking my call. My pleasure. I appreciate you calling. So I had a question about building a new house. My understanding is that the bedrock is not that deep in North Texas. And then you also hear the old adage about foundation repair, how it's not a matter of if, but a matter of when. So why don't, when we build slabs and we before we pour those down, why don't we actually do some piers straight down to bedrock before the slab is poured? And I thanks for taking my call, and I'll hang up and listen. Okay. Well, first of all, bedrock is actually fairly is fairly deep uh, as far as for putting piers. You're not going to reach it with piers. Uh, when they say bedrock is is shallow in North Texas, uh, as an example, if you go down to the coast, you're looking at 1,800 feet. To get to bedrock uh where up here you know you may be looking at several hundred feet but it's not quite as deep what we do hit here is rock first is typically going to be uh, limestone sandstone things like that and a lot of times people get that confused with being bedrock those rocks still move and the plano is a, is a good example you'll a lot of times hit a shelf of uh, limestone at about eight feet not very deep at all the problem is that layer can still move um and so like i was saying earlier that soils report that's what's ever so important uh why don't they put piers in because it costs money uh you know typically what you're looking at is the 1500 1500 to 2000 to get a good soils report then to have the piers installed, depending on how many you need, that'll depend on the, the pricing. Um, and for new construction piers on residential that way, I mean, you're probably talking at this point in time, $350, $400 per pier. Well, to the builders, that's not something they can readily sell because you can't see it. When you go in and look at a house... Oh, look at these floors. Look at that faucet. Oh, I love these cabinets. Well, all that's an upgrade. And the piers, you don't even see those. So it's hard for them to sell them as an upgrade. They're not required as part of the um, oh, permitting and, and codes and stuff like that. And in some areas, piers aren't needed. You know, that's the reason that soils report is so critical. So if you're out looking for a new home and you want to avoid 
foundation problems. Uh, you know, look for an area where the soils are sandy or a sandy loam, and that min helps minimize the foundation problems. When you get into the areas with the black gumbo clay soils, the problem increases because uh, that's very expansive soil. The next thing you got to watch is going to be the uh, trees that you put around the property. Figure out how big that tree is going to be when it's full grown. The roots will go one-third to one-half further than the drip line of the tree, and that creates a lot of problems. So there's things we can do. We, we just choose not to. We're going to head to Kingwood as soon as I can get my mouse to get over there. And Dean, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hi, Jim. Uh, I'm getting impatient with uh, the water taking so long to get from my water heater to my faucet in my bathroom. Okay. Uh, the hot water. And I've heard you talk about maybe there's a solution for that, and I'm wondering if you could uh, describe me if there's more, more than one solution to that. How, there know, is. Some ideas to how much that would cost and uh, if it would have a, a real adverse effect on my utility bills, on my uh, gas bill in particular. Well, uh, the first question I would ask is, is your bathroom the only one that you're having an issue getting water in a timely manner? Well, mine's the farthest away from the water heater, and um, uh, so yeah, that's the that's the main issue is my bathroom. But, I mean, all of, all of them take, you know, longer than I would like, but my bathroom's the, the most important, yeah. Okay. So... There's two. There's a few things you can do. One is a recirculating system, um, and that basically circulates hot water. And when you turn a faucet on, it takes a few seconds, and you'll have hot water. Um, depending on what you have for pipes and different things, uh, I have mixed feelings on it. Uh, if you've got, say, uh, copper pipes, for instance, it will tend to prematurely wear those pipes out because it is flowing water through it all the time and we don't think about it you know mm -hmm. tearing stuff up but it, it actually can in a situation like what you've got where you know really the main problem is that one bathroom what i normally oh. recommend is put a small water heater over there or a small tankless over there and what you can do is hook that then in, especially if you use a tankless, hook that into the hot water line. So when you turn the hot water on, you're getting water in just seconds because it's right there. But once the hot water from the water heater, primary water heater, hits that tankless, it'll shut the tankless off and you're operating now on the hot water from the tank. And if for some reason you use all the hot water and you run out, guess what, that tankless kicks back on and you have still an endless supply of hot water in the master bathroom. Mm, that sounds like what I would want to do. That's a good thought. How, uh, how much does one of those systems uh, cost? I mean, is it... Oh... Thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, it, it's going to depend on where you have to get the electric run to for it. Um, and... You know, hopefully what you can do is put it up in the attic. Uh, there should be somewhere nearby where uh, an electrician can tap into for the electric fork, and that can be just a 110 system. It doesn't have to be a 220 uh, because it's a single-use type water heater and a single faucet, you know. And um, 
I'm, I'm just guessing you're probably going to be something in the $1,200 range. Uh-huh. And, and I and, can be uh, way off because it depends on installation. Right, right. Yeah, I just saw a ballpark. But you said electric, so it. They're electric systems. Do they make them gas too, or? Oh yeah, they make them gas as well. But you're you're going to be spending quite a bit more probably on the gas than you would the electric because the gas they don't make a small single faucet type gas. It's it's going to be one big enough to to handle the house. So you'd probably be more in the two thousand range plus. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. All right, that's what I'm going to do. That's it. Thank you so much. You bet, Dean. Take care. Bye bye. And, uh, yeah, there's, I mean, that's a way, especially with our pipes being overhead, you can tie in before it goes to the faucets, before it goes to the shower, before it goes to, and if you got a separate shower and tub, you know, it can be all tied in before that. So any one of those things can be running and, and getting hot water. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us go out to Orange, Texas. Joel, you doing all right today? Doing good. have a question for you. I have a uh, two hot water heaters in the attic, and I'm fixing to have to re-roof. Would it be worthwhile in their electric? Okay. I want to change gas if I ever, it, when they go bad. Sure. Would it be worthwhile to go ahead and put vents up now for gas hot water heaters when we re-roof? I, I wouldn't. Okay. I, w- I would wait until I'm changing it out because it, it's very easy for them to come in and retrofit that. Okay. Uh, next question. The two hot water heaters basically is just we're, we the house is large. We live on one end and, and the other end is just the kitchen. Okay. And would it be worthwhile to switch over now to tankless? Well, how old are your water heaters? Uh, running about eighteen years now. It's time to switch. Okay. Uh, yeah. If I was, if I in in the, in that situation, being I'm putting the roof on, uh, your water heaters could go out at any given time. I mean, typically the the age on a water heater is ten to fifteen years, so you're you're over that. Um, it, they're probably already got a lot of sediment built up in them and such. So I, I would be looking at the, the tankless already at this point. And since you're doing the roof, then in that situation, I would put them in and have the venting run for them now. Um, take a look at Navion. You're, so you're talking gas, right? Correct. Yeah. The Navion, I, I love those systems. They, uh, they, they're extremely energy efficient. I mean, uh, it's a condensation type system, but it it uh, it can vent with a PVC pipe instead of double wall stainless, and uh, you, you just can't go wrong with that. With Joel out of Orange, and look, we were we were talking about changing from a tank to a tankless, and you got two tank water heaters right now, and are are they correct? Are they on opposite ends of the house, or are they together? Uh, opposite ends of the house. Okay. So you would have an option in that type of situation, a couple of options here. One would be to put just one in the middle of the house and send water out to the two 
where the two tanks were. But the other, which probably will be a better fit for you, I mentioned the Navion tankless. They have an option for a recirculating pump on it. And it's just a small tank that, that it keeps hot water in. And you could put just one of the tankless water heaters, put the line that goes around, and so when you turn your hot water on, you're going to have hot water wherever you're at in seconds versus having to wait like you do right now. And it, and it's not because uh, tankless is faster or anything. It's simply because having that recirculating system would have the water readily available everywhere. But that cuts down your maintenance on two tanks, uh, you know, gets you faster water, and makes it where you never run out of hot water. Okay. That's, that would work up in, up in this attic. It's a lot, a lot of space, and and the utilities are already up there, so that would work. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, you know, honestly, that the uh, recirculating system used to be standard on the uh, Navions, but they've made it kind of as, as an option now. But in your situation, I think that would be probably a, a great way to go. Okay. I appreciate the information. Joel, you take care and have a happy Easter. Got an email that came in from Chuck in Ansfield, and I'm not exactly sure where Ansfield is, but this time of year when the AC first kicks on, there's a sweet, goopy smell. We go outside, wash down the outside unit, and the odor goes away. We have had several HVAC companies out, they want to sell us an ionizing screen, have duct system cleaned, replace the unit, which is only six years old, or other pricey options. What should I look at for to eliminate the problem? Well, it's not going to have anything to do with that outside unit because no air actually circulates from outside inside uh, through the unit itself. Where they probably need to be looking is in the coil up in the attic. My guess is there is some uh, buildup on the coil or it's holding water down in the bottom of the coils. And so you're getting that that smell that comes out. And after it's run for a little bit, it, it uh, kind of dissipates down. It could be moisture got into the... Plenum, that's where the ductwork comes out, but I'm I'm betting it's going to be in the coils itself. So it shouldn't be anything more than a good thorough cleaning of the system and not the ductwork. Uh, not saying that sometimes ductwork doesn't have to be cleaned, but normally when ductwork needs cleaning, it's because there was an issue in the system. Well, let's fix the issue before we start trying to do duct cleaning. And the the situation that you're dealing with may well be one that would require duct cleaning but if unless you've already fixed the problem there's no point like i said in doing the duct cleaning so uh have somebody come out and pull the unit that's in the attic open pull it apart take the blower motor out get in there and let's see what's inside where those coils are and get all that cleaned up first and i'll bet that's going to take care of your problem this comes from Jeff in Bedford, and he says, My 40-year-old slab was peered about 10 years ago. Last summer, the corner where our kitchen is located sank down 
to pre-foundation work levels, approximately one inch over a 20-foot span. Over the last month or two, the soil has returned the foundation close to where it should be. This was verified by the foundation company rechecking slab elevations. Also, the crack in the mason work have closed up. Our plumbing system was checked, no leaks. Our foundation company was has agreed to check the piers along the kitchen walls and reshim as needed. Should they also try to push the piers deeper, my concern is when the drier months come, the piers will fail to catch the settling. Similar to last summer. Thank you, Jeff. Sounds like these are a press pile type pier and Absolutely. If you've got to open those up because it moved that way, you want to test them and try to push them deeper. Now, there's some a lot uh, things to, to understand. A lot of companies will simply put a power unit on it. That's what they use to drive them. Throw the switch, and if the house starts coming up, they're going to say, oh, it didn't go any deeper. If you've had peers in for a while that's settled that way, you got to slowly add the pressure once you get it to start moving, then you can add another section or two. And that should most of the time be enough. But, you know, every once in a while you get where it'll take a bunch more sections. Uh, and the fact that it came back up when the soil started getting moist, absolutely they should try to redrive them before just uh, reshimming it and calling it done. A lot of companies, if they're having to do a warranty job, don't want to go through that step because it actually takes longer than just going in there, setting jacks, level it, and be done with it. Lewis in Colleyville painting granite countertops in the kitchen. My wife wants to change the color of our granite countertops in our kitchen. Initially, we thought we had to replace them, but subsequently we found out they can be painted. Do you have any suggestions, and is there someone who can do a good job where we will not have the any peeling, etc., down the road? And what would be a reasonable cost? Thanks. Don't do it. It's granite. It's natural stone. If it's not looking all polished and everything have it buffed out but don't paint it now if you are going to insist on painting it uh yes you can put coat uh, a paint on it but it is subject to peeling because there's nothing that's going to adhere it like it would say to wood um it 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 is painted countertops whether it's formica or granite or any other material is not a permanent thing. You're usually going to get it a couple years out of it and then it's not going to it's going to start looking not good. So that's why I say especially if this is granite, I would say don't paint it. But um there is a product out there called Deitch Coatings. It's D A I C H coatings.com that uh, they do have products you can go over the top of the granite with. As far as somebody who can do it, I don't know of anybody who who does it. Uh, there are companies who do Formica countertops and such, but 
like I said, it, it it's temporary at best, and I, I just don't think you're going to be happy with the results. So save your money. If you, if you don't want to look at those that particular granite, have it changed out. Hello, Jim. We have a 20 to 25-foot breezeway going from the house to the garage, which contains all the electrical cabling coming into the house from the garage. It is sagging in the middle. Is there anything that can be done to pull that back up, short of putting up columns or rebuilding it? Thank you. Well, you don't necessarily have to rebuild it all the way, but what you'll do is put a brace in the middle, jack it back up. Uh, you know, Yes, that's a column, but it's just going to be temporarily there. So you get it back up where it needs to be, and you're going to have to open up the beams that are probably covered by plywood or something. And where you see those beams, you're going to have to put steel plate on the sides of them because the steel won't sag like the wood does. And by bolting that in to the side of those beams, you'll stiffen them up. You can take the bracing out, and it'll stay up that way for years to come. So, yes, you can take care of that without having to rebuild it. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.